today on the Tearsheet Podcast. Going back to some, again, it's not really about mm-hmm. uh, number of cards. Cover cards, again, this is, in my mind, the, the old world, meaning mm-hmm. you are trying to generate as many cards as you like. In our in the next generation of all these, you are trying to capture as much as corporate spend as possible, regardless if it's done by a very sophisticated single card or it's being divided into thousands of, of tiny payment instruments running on the Visa network. So I'm not really asking myself how many cards we issue. I'm asking myself, or we are, we are measuring closely how many new clients uh, we have and we are growing, we are doubling our customer based on almost every quarter um, and how much volume of payment volume we can capture. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Tearsheet Editor-in-Chief, Zach Miller. As an early PayPal employee, Oded Zahavi jumpstarted the firm's Middle East and Africa business. From there, he joined Payoneer to help with the turnaround by optimizing sales, product, and marketing. Now Oded is the CEO and co-founder of Mesh Payments, a corporate payments firm that uses a specialty in helping firms manage their subscription spend to eventually handle their total spend. We talk about the changes Oded has seen in the payments industry over the past 15 years and where he thinks it's headed in the future. We drill down into opportunities for payment firms in the SaaS economy and how Mesh uses its experience managing SaaS payments to expand into its clients' total spend. It grew 600% over the past year. Oded Zahavi is my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast. Hey, Zach. Um, I'm Oded. Uh, I've been uh, in the payment space for more than 15 years. Uh, among other, I was the one who PayPal selected to start and manage Middle East and Africa for them. And I've really grown that business dramatically and launched some of the most exci- exciting countries in, in Middle East and in, uh, in Africa. Um, then I was uh, fortunate to join uh, what was then a relatively small company, and now maybe one of the most successful payment companies in the world, named Pioneer, hopefully mm-hmm. soon uh, going to become IPO. public. Mm-hmm. And I've launched their turnaround uh, from uh, everything, sales, product, marketing, etc. And for the last three years, uh, I founded uh, Mesh Payments. Uh, we are a very fast-growing company helping amazing cop- companies around the world uh, to manage their uh, SaaS subscription and corporate payments. Amazing. So, so you do, you're you're a sort of pioneer in the space. So, I don't know about sort of. You are a pioneer in the space. Can you can you is there a connective story between your experience at, at PayPal and Pioneer and why you founded Mesh? Well, we founded Mesh. Uh, we think because we felt we, we looked for huge pains, uh, and the B two B payment space is is still a huge pain. Yeah. Uh, we were adjusting. It's amazing that when we founded Mesh, we ra- raised a, a seed round based on a deck that doesn't have any linkage to what we do today, which is wow. common to many other successful companies. Uh, but over time, and a lot of it was driven by COVID. We've adapt, we, we, in my mind, it's all about solving big pains and helping customers and bringing them value and, and making them happy. And a lot of the things we've done have really amplified by COVID. Um, and we were really fortunate to find amazing design partners that then became our, our biggest clients um, and to help them solve a, a really huge pain that had 
that they have, which is starting by how do I manage and orchestrate all my tens of now hundreds of SaaS recurring subscriptions. Uh, and that's usually why, how we start our conversation with our clients. And over time, we really take over the entire corporate spend and help them get into the next level of visibility and control, which is really the essence of what financial teams are looking for. So, so let's talk a little bit about the type of customers that you have. Um, these, these sound like they're tech companies because they're, they're spending on SaaS solutions. Um, what, like, who are they? What, what do they do? And, and how are they managing SaaS um, subscriptions before they meet with you? So it's obvious that many of the early adopters are technology companies, but we are seeing more and more non-pure tech companies. Uh, the lines are blurring between what's a tech company and what it's not. We have many media companies, many cloud service providers. I'm amazed to see how many service providers in the US are now looking to automate. Uh, we are orchestrating the payments to uh, even a lot of accounting terms that firms that has just started to, they want to get organized and give better visibility and value to their clients. So you're right, it's always start with the, with the early adopters, but to, to, be, uh, to be frank, like who doesn't use today LinkedIn or doesn't use G Suite? or doesn't pay for Facebook and Google for advertisement. This is not only the, what technology companies are doing, that's almost any company now. And so what, what are these companies doing, I guess, to track uh, their SaaS spend, or is it just part of all their spend and it's kind of not organized? So historically, they were fight, facing two fundamental challenges. One is how they enable their uh, employees to pay. And when COVID came, uh, and this, this pain have become really enormous because before that they might have solved it by physical processes or making asking employees to come to their desk and, and resolve that. Now everybody are remote across the country, across the world, and they have much bigger needs for payments. So the outcome of that was that uh, many of these companies, the way they orchestrate the payment is by sending their usually uh, dedicated finance team card number across the world on an email, on a Slack, on a, on a piece of paper, and really losing control. And that's something common we've seen in companies, small to large, uh, sophisticated uh, to very simple. The other side of the equation is very specific to subscriptions mm -hmm. um, and recurring payments, which I'm amazed how much effort have been invested in the last few years about helping companies to shift to the uh, SaaS, uh, SaaS economy and to shift their business model into recurring payments and not to try to charge companies uh, on a yearly basis, et cetera. But in the flip side, nobody really thought about what happens when that company, which usually have a, a, a dedicated card for all these payments, and if the bank have done a great job and identified um, a, a, an abuse of that card, usually immediately will cancel that card and, and say the new number, which sounds like a really great service, but the outcome of that in a SaaS economy world is that now these companies are under a very, very and a chase to try to replace that card in tens and sometimes hundreds of SaaS services they are mm -hmm. paying for before these services will start get annoyed and stop shutting down these services. And I'm shocked how many companies have 
when we speak to them have, have been facing that either themselves or their best friend because they will not admit that happened for that to them um and that's a really big pain which uh, helped us a lot in the in the uh, huge growth we've been facing in the last few months so so let's talk about how mesh solves both those problems for 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 your clients so a lot of what we do is about that we believe that every payment should have a context, meaning it's not about who pays, it's about what do you pay for. And that's why we, in opposite to some of the, to the traditional banking cards, or even to some of the, what is perceived as the next generation corporate cards, in our mind, we orchestrate the process from the minute that the employee decides that he needs to purchase something up to the, uh, the, the state, the, the finance team need to approve that that uh, that payments, and in our world, everything should be approved in a way by the finance team, which are the gatekeepers of the organization, mm-hmm. and to the, the, the stage where uh, everything should be synced uh, with the accounting team, with the accounting systems, um, and and have a single source of proof to anything that happens in the organization when it comes to payments. Mm-hmm. So we orchestrate all these processes. Um, and of course, all of it is on top of very sophisticated infrastructure uh, that enables us to issue um, cards, either virtual or physical, uh, based on the use case and based on the, uh, on the need. Um, and, and that's really what really makes us uh, provide value to our clients. And Oded, when you, when you come into a, a new pitch and you're talking to a client, is it typical that um, they have an existing solution in place that you are are, are disrupting, or or is it generally greenfield type of experience? So the market opportunity is infinite. Like most of companies, don't if you add all the vendors in our space all together, uh, I will exaggerate that you will decide that they are covering more than one to 2% out of the addressable market. Most companies still use a very traditional uh, corporate card issued by a bank that doesn't have any, uh, any sophistication and it's totally passive. So more than 50% of our opportunities are clients that for them were just eye opener. Uh, yeah. I'm usually saying that the biggest challenges for finance teams are complacency and inertia. They do what they do for so many years and, and they think that's the only way it can be done. And second, nobody ever told them there is a better way um, or a more sophisticated way. And if and when we come um, many times directly and a lot of our uh, efforts are now through partners and through channels, uh, this is really an eye-opener for them. I, I'm not exaggerating by saying that some of the finance team that we are servicing have have stated that we really changed the way they, they operate. I don't want to say even change their lives. Uh, on the flip side, as you probably be noticing, there are some very uh, noisy in a good way companies that have came to our space. If two years ago, uh, expense management, the traditional one was not something uh, very sexy. And, and a lot of it was, how do I collect better these receipts that are coming from people who are traveling and some of the vendors in this space and really were focusing on this pain, which in mm-hmm. my mind was a relatively a, a vitamin and not a, something that you need a painkiller for. Now, uh, following the shift in the mindset of finance team uh, during COVID and the shift in the, in the way companies operate remotely and 
in a distributed way. Some of these vendors have been uh, really successful in, in uh, getting into front page. And, and sometimes uh, we might, uh, some of these clients have these vendors and we have done a lot of uh, work in, in making sure they understand the value and, and why we think we are the future of their corporate payment and, and, and why they need to use us. So, I mean, we've had the founders of, of Brex and, and uh, Ramp on here. Eric was on recently. Um, we've also had, you know, trip actions, which as you described, kind of moved from that single use case, to exp broader expense management. What, you know, when you go up against one of those companies that, you know, to be honest, they say a lot of the same things you do publicly. Um, what, what, what is the real differentiator? Why, why a company would turn to go with mesh versus those guys? First of all, I always honor that I'm being uh, compared to some of these amazing companies. They've done great in, in creating a lot of awareness of our space, uh, um, raising a lot of money and, and, and really creating uh, value for the clients. I think it's very different between the different vendors and, and usually people are not, they don't understand the distinction between them. In, in my mind, Brex, which is a, uh, just another corporate card with mm -hmm. some sophistication. Uh, a lot of the focus is now on the uh, banking side and they try to become uh, the startup bank, uh, which is uh, great to some small com companies that have challenges of getting their own bank account. But when it comes to sophisticated companies, and I'm seeing more and more uh, the, the lines are blurring between SMBs and mid-market companies. Some of these MPSBs are really behaving like mid-market companies when it comes to corporate finance. And when the company is sophisticated enough, they need things that are uh, uh, better uh, and uh, capabilities that usually Brex uh, will not offer them. On the flip side, TripAction is, is, is still a for, to, for, totally focusing on, on, on business travel. It's true that business travel uh, have, have been declined a lot. Yeah. Um, and Not it's much this past year. Uh, yeah, and it's a good yeah. question, by the way. I'm asking myself that question, when business travel will, will come back. I, I'm seeing a glimpse of euphoria, I would say. Uh, and more and more companies are that have not been talking, didn't even allocate budget for travel mm -hmm. uh, for, for half two. I have plan, I have a lot of uh, already plans for trips uh, during July, uh, which is amazing. I think this is one of the biggest signs uh, for the recovery of the world. But still, business travel is relatively uh, insignificant compared to the entire corporate spend, but it's getting there. Um, and in my mind, trip action will go back and focus on what they've done. Maybe with the best of the world is is to orchestrate the travel aspects of their clients. Um, Ramp have done very well. Um, I, I think Ramp, from a product perspective, um, have done very well at least to highlight the need for a more sophisticated system than just another Brex card or a bank card. Uh, but when it comes, in my mind, it still comes back to the uh, fundamental statement, which is: Do we really want to give? Do we really want to give client corporate cards? Um, and the answer for that, when when you talk with finance people, is the short answer is no. We believe that it's not about getting better or worse corporate card. It's about eliminating corporate cards in the mindset of our customers. They, do, they will eliminate in the end 
the need for a dedicated employee corporate card and they will have the ability with our system based on the context of the payment to allow those employees to pay for every specific need without feeling they have distributed corporate cards uh, to employees without a reason. And that's where we are uh, really focusing on and, and we've been very successful in convincing some of the fastest growing companies, many of our, many of our clients have, have been crossing the unicorn uh, phase lately. Uh, many of our clients are going IPOs and for these amazing companies to have a very strong uh, infrastructure for corporate spend is a must. I got, I got it. Um, can you talk about some of your growth and, and some specific metrics that, that point to that? So we've grown uh, more than 600% in the last uh, eight months, um, which you measure, imagine, measured by what? How do you measure? Measure by volume. In my mind today, it's mostly about the payment volume um, and the, the how much money is being processed by our clients. Not by of number of cards are, or number of clients. It's the volume. So going back to some of it, it's not really about mm-hmm. Uh, number of cards. Cover cards, again, this is in my mind the, the old world, meaning mm-hmm. you are trying to generate as many cards as you like. In our, in the next generation of all these, you are trying to capture as much as corporate spend as possible, regardless if it's done by a very sophisticated single card or it's being divided into thousands of, of tiny payment instruments running on the Visa network. So I'm not really asking myself how many cards we issue. I'm asking myself, or we are, we are measuring closely how many new clients uh, we have, and we are growing. We are doubling our customer base on almost every a quarter, um, and how much volume or, or payment volume we can capture. A lot of it comes from the traditional usage of corporate cards, but one of our biggest success, successes is to shift clients that historically have used the wires or some other manual payment methods mm-hmm. uh, to our system. The benefit for that is not only for them, it's also for the SaaS vendors that in the end of the day prefer to have a, a fully automatic and highly to and easy to reconcile payment method uh, on their systems. So a lot of our conversation, by the way, is also with the SaaS vendors themselves, how we can benefit them, how we can help them to shift as much as possible payments uh, into full automation. That's true for the payment aspects. And it's also one of the latest things which have come into center stage is how you automate the collection of the receipts after the transactions. Mm -hmm. That's also a very important topic in my mind. Many of our clients will reach 70, 80, 90% of fully automated uh, receipt collection with uh, that will be matched in, uh, automatically to their accounting system. Uh, that's a very important KPI and many finance teams have been getting into this mindset. The new world and the post-COVID world is all about automation and all about uh, minimizing their manual efforts. Um, and that's really exciting. It is. Um, so you've grown 600% over the past eight months. That's uh, that's amazing. Uh, it, we have, in the remaining time we have for our conversation, what's up next for you and Mesh? Like, what are your goals in the, the, you know, the back half of this year? So our efforts are divided uh, into uh, usually three things. One is, of course, continuing providing more value to more clients uh, and to our existing clients. And, and we have a, 
we have been, a lot of the team are, are veterans of the payment space. Not surprisingly, a lot of my teammates came from these amazing companies that I mentioned, PayPal and Pioneer. We are really focusing on leveraging our payment infrastructure to, uh, to enable value to our, to our clients. The second thing is about distribution. When we are going to announce a lot of strategic partnerships with companies that are uh, sitting side by side to us, I'm a huge believer in the uh, on the synergy between the payroll and the non-payroll uh, mm-hmm. payments, which where, where we are playing. And, and, and a lot of the things we do is partnership with some of the biggest, uh, we will announce some of a, a partnership with some of the uh, biggest payroll companies uh, enabling your clients one-stop shop uh, for their entire uh, payments. And the third thing, but not only payroll, and the third thing, and as I mentioned, in my mind, it doesn't end with the payments. Finance team understand that with, with the advance of the technology now, they can see and get insights that comes from systems in the organizations that are beyond the pure payment transaction. And a lot of what we do is integrations into uh, uh, systems and uh, services that will enable us to uh, provide insights to our clients that converge between the things we've seen in the payment transaction itself and things we are seeing beyond the payment transaction itself. Uh, and in the end of the day, it's all about giving them better control, better visibility, and of course, save their money. A lot of the f- clients' uh, feedbacks are that following using our system, they've saved so much money by eliminating uh, duplicate subscriptions up to understanding at last the the patterns of spend they are using and focusing on really deducting the cost uh, where it matters. Oded, it's been great talking to you. Thanks for joining us on the Tearsheet Podcast today. Zach, it was great. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.